Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Holy Living, a practical guide for living the open-handed life every day. And I wanna welcome you back to this um, series of Sabbath living. This is the second in the series. And just as a recap, last week we talked, or last time we talked about um, the idea of God resting on the seventh day after creating the world and blessing that day and calling it and making it holy. And uh, we followed along as that became a uh, sort of a regimented holiday, an obligatory type of thing for the Israelites. He called them to um, worship him, to set the Sabbath aside for a full day of worship for him. And that how that was always um, a part of what it meant to follow God was keeping the Sabbath day holy. And uh, we ended up last time talking about how um, we can look at this uh, thought of giving up, giving up um, a day in our week with just, a, you know, like a, a sense of wonder, how could this possibly work? And um, uh, I led you to that scripture in Leviticus where it talks about giving the earth a Sabbath year and how God said, assured them, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much um, that sixth year, that the seventh year, you'll be taken care of. The eighth year will be taken care of and you'll still be eating that stuff by the ninth year. So just this idea of him making a way, him over blessing us. And um, that's where we'll pick up this time is, you know, God has been showing me and, um, and guiding me through this realization that um, he, if we move in this direction, he will make it work for us. And I was thinking about how, what are the tangible ways that God has actually made it work for me? And these will be different for each person. But, um, you know, for me, the idea of just having the time, it was really a big deal time. I already felt like, well, geez, I don't even have enough time to do what I'm doing. But I think what God was showing me and is showing me is that it was kind of like that scripture where it talks about how you'll put your money into pockets with holes in it. And I feel like that's how my time was, is that no matter what I did, no matter how I arranged it and rearranged it, time was slipping. You know, time keeps on slipping for the old people, you know that song. Um, but it just kept like, it kept feeling like no matter what I do, this isn't working. But as I started celebrating the Sabbath, God was, tangibly giving me back time and I wrote down just a few things that he had done he's done for me and um, I didn't even realize it until recently when it just became so incredibly obvious and um, you know he basically did all this weird stuff like uh, that means something to me he opened a music store right a uh, right across the street from our house where um, my kids could go for some extra lessons that I've been wanting them to do whereas before it was going to be driving you know e even in, in traffic in the valley you know what I'm saying driving to the lesson and coming back becomes an ordeal well this music rope opens up right across the street from my house for me um, he of course has already provided that our Taekwondo is within walking distance of our house. Um, he opened up this incredible art studio just five minutes down the road. Um, and recently, I think the thing that really pushed it over the edge, because I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Maybe it's just coincidence. Of course, of course, we look at it that way. I got a letter from my doctor who's in Burbank. And this is what's so funny is I, I really don't like driving over there, but I'm like, I'm going to drive for a doctor that I want, you know? 
she's moving to Sherman Oaks, which that means she's moving <laughs> down. It's her she's, office is going to be on Van Nuys Boulevard. I live off of Van Nuys Boulevard. I mean, I just kind of went, I cannot believe what God is doing. It's kind of like when you set a budget for your money and miraculously, because you're trying to be righteous with your finances, God works out your finances. I have found this to be true of time. But I want to I want to take us through some scriptures because I really just want to I'm trying to give you the heart of God here. Um, I'm trying not to give you my opinions or my newest thing. I'm trying to say this is what God says. This is what God says will happen. And uh, after the Israelites had been in the promised land and they had gone through all their ups and downs and over the years, they just decided they just strayed away from God. Quite honestly, they did things their own way. They were bowing down to all the other idols around them, all the things that everybody else was doing. They were doing um, they were bowing down to this idol and that idol, the idol. They were making um, pacts with nations that were ungodly because they didn't trust that God would protect them. Um, they were looking sort of the, the, the verbiage is they were looking to Egypt to save them. And he's saying, no, no, God can save you but me. So anyway, you, this is where we get all the prophets coming and trying to turn the hearts of the people back to God. And I want to pick up some of these scriptures in Isaiah. And in Isaiah 30, we look at this. This is when um, society had stopped listening. They'd become completely rebellious. And I want to encourage you to read these passages in full. I'm not going to do it right now. Um, but you should definitely start in verse 1. It's woe, woe to an obstinate nation. And you're going to be quite amazed at just how relevant it is but i'm just going to go straight down to verse um, 15. this is what the sovereign lord the holy one of israel says in repentance and rest is your salvation in quietness and trust is your strength but you would have none of it you said oh no we will flee on horses so they are trusting in you know their horses to save them Therefore, you will flee. You said, we will ride off on swift horses. Therefore, your pursuers will be swift. A thousand will flee at the threat of one. At the threat of five, you will all flee away till you are left like a flagstaff on a mountaintop, like a banner on a hill. You see, here he's trying to warn them, like, you know, you're afraid of all this stuff, and but you won't turn to me. You won't just trust me. I said, in rest. I said, honor me. I said, keep my Sabbath. I said, trust me. But no, we're going to turn. But but what about, but I've got to, but if I do that, then I can't. But I, this is what's, you know, I got to do this for my career. I've got to do that. You know, the things that we say, like, I could possibly give up 24 hours and my, my career would, you know, be at a standstill, blah, 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 you know all these things that we think we know and god is saying well okay if you're going to trust in that so you're going to trust in your horses well your pursuers horses are going to be faster <laughs> you're going to say you're going to flee away no yeah you'll flee away and a thousand of you will flee at the threat of one um but then in verse 18 he says this most beautiful thing he says yet the lord longs to be gracious to you he rises to show you compassion for the Lord is the God of justice blessed are all who wait for him and I love this image of God just it, that, that Isaiah presents that God is just he just longs to show compassion to us he wants to be gracious to us that he rises up to show compassion and it reminds me of the scripture in Acts that says that isn't it don't you know that it's God's kindness that should lead us to repentance 
And this is what I think about when I think about the scripture is just how God never beats us or pummels us into submission. He never will force us. It's always, he always gives us a choice. But he wants it to be, don't let consequences in life have to be your teacher. Just follow me and trust me. Let me be your teacher, you know. I just think that's a that's a beautiful thought. And it ironically, he's not even asking them or us to do a big difficult thing. There are difficult things with be following God. Of course there are. There's difficult things in denying yourself, speaking up when things are, you know, all these things that, that are difficult. But here he all he's really asking them to do is to rest and trust. He's not even really, I mean, it's kind of ironic that that's what he's asking them to do, and still they would have none of it. We will have none of it. Go over to Isaiah 56, and um, I'm going to read a little bit of this. Here again is a great idea would be to read before it, especially, um, and or read around this time. But I like this part because it's talking about, he was talking to the holy people of Israel. He's talking to Israelites. But now he's talking to everybody who was not an Israelite, the Gentiles who had joined in, the people that were trying to follow God who were really foreigners or aliens. It says, this is what the Lord says, Maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this, the man who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath without desecrating it and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people and let not the eunuch complain I am only a dry tree. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose to please me, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant. To them I will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord, and to worship him, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and all who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. My, and that's, this is where it says the famous thing, their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. The quote, this is what Jesus was quoting later on. And uh, so this is the part that's written, I, especially to us as Gentiles trying to join in, you know, we're the, we are the branch that was grafted into the tree of the Israelites. We are the lucky ones. We get to join in. We are a chosen people, a holy priesthood. <laughs> I mean, it's a people belonging to God. You know, it's amazing what, what, what we have become a part of. But I think what struck me when I was reading this is that both times when he's talking about say to the eunuchs this and say to the foreigner this, he includes keeping the Sabbath as what it means really to follow him and worship him. It was never a separate deal. It's not like, and for those who really want to get serious, there's this thing called the Sabbath. <laughs> it's not like that. And I think this is something that's new to me is I go, it was always a part of the package. And this is when I started to realize that's because this is a lifestyle. Sabbath living is what this is, is when you go, oh, I am following God with everything I do every single day, and I am giving him what is due. He has always included it. He says the first time he says, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant. He, he makes this sort of a little package deal. Later on he says to the foreigners um, who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, love the name of the Lord, 
and worship him who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and hold fast to my covenant. And so he kind of, it's just a part of what it means to follow and worship God. And then look over um, at, at Isaiah 58. And now Isaiah 58 starts off by talking about fasting. And I totally recommend this chapter for everyone to read who is who is really trying to learn about the spiritual discipline of fasting. It is beautiful, it's perfect. I, you've got to read it because it'll help you so much with why you're doing what you're doing and fasting can be taken, um, can be done for the wrong motivation. But anyway, I'm gonna skip all that. I'm gonna hold myself back and I'm just gonna go down to verse 13. It says, if you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight, and the Lord's holy day honorable. And if you honor it, not by going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I just feel like what a beautiful thing to say if you call the Sabbath a delight. And I will say, everybody I've talked to that has started Sabbath keeping, they all feel this. Like I go, I can't believe, I feel like all this time as a Christian, this is the same analogy I've used before about the spirit, but it is that analogy of like, you're on this big cruise ship, which is unbelievable, it's awesome. I mean, God is so awesome. You found the answers to life, you found all this, but you don't eat the food because you don't know that it's a package deal. And so the whole time, you know, you're, you're making peanut butter sandwiches in your room. And I feel like that's what's happened to me all these years. I'm like, oh my gosh, celebrating the Sabbath has like unlocked my, um, a blessing that I didn't even know that was there. It has unlocked my time. It has made me more peaceful. It has given me back more time somehow, strangely. I don't know how that works because it's miraculous. It has nourished my soul um, because my soul finds rest in God alone. You know, that's what it says in Psalm 95, and I talk about that all the time. But, you know, when you're, when you're trying to get relaxation by your own means, it never works. I've tried it so many times because you think, I just need this week away, or I just need a weekend away, or I just need, you know, when you find yourself always looking for that vacation, I guarantee you there's, there's something wrong with that because our soul can be refreshed every week, every seven days. Maybe that's the way our souls were designed. Maybe this is the way God designed us as human beings. You know, my body has gotten to this point where like on the seventh day, I sleep late. Now this is hilarious. Those of you that know me, because you know, and I've said it many times, I get up anywhere between four and six in the morning. I know it's crazy. I can't control it. I don't know what it is and I don't know why that is and some of it I'm sure is just getting old and whatnot but I've just started letting God wake me up and when he wakes me up I don't complain anymore now if it's before four I'm like what <laughs> but if it's after that I'm like okay God you must need extra time with me I'm good with that and so he wakes me up early almost he wakes me up early every day except Saturday is that just bizarre so I sleep you know today I was in bed till nine and that's a normal thing for me on Saturdays. Um, my, it's like my body knows it. If I go somewhere, we have something on Saturday, um, which we do sometimes, and I'm out of kilter, like even going away, 
um, for a vacation or something. Um, if that Saturday doesn't happen right, my body is like, what happened? So my body knows that uh, we're going to rest today. And maybe that's the way our bodies were made. Maybe that's the way our minds were made. Maybe that's the way our souls were made. Maybe that's why I love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And maybe the seventh day is meant to replenish all of that. I don't know. It's just my thought because here it says, then you will find the joy. You will find your joy in the Lord. And then he'll cause you to ride on the heights of the land. I just think these are blessings to be open. It's a gift. The Sabbath is a gift. It is my, it is my delight. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, which scripture do I want to go to first? Isaiah, yeah, I'm going to go to Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28, now we're going backwards a little bit, but I discovered this scripture. This is so interesting. I have been studying out this concept for so long, and I've just been, like, thirsty to understand it and know what, what it's about and all that. And um, we had this um, incredible retreat with the... Um, all the youth ministry leaders, which we usually take um, at, uh, we, we usually go away on Labor Day weekend. Uh, the youth ministry leaders serve pretty <laughs> intensely um, for the months of June and July and August. Um, but when you add, you know, the graduations and then everybody's going to camps and all the studies that happen, we baptize like five girls this summer or something. It's a lot of um, output. And so we always try to go away for Labor Day and rejuvenate and let God replenish us. We have a time to pray. We get to have, you know, incredible time to read um, the Bible, to share with one another what we've learned, to just enjoy fellowship and just relax. But it was funny this year because we had this discussion, a very honest discussion, where every single person in the room almost was basically like, you know what is interesting, even though I'm coming up to this beautiful place and we are lucky we get to stay in a beautiful place at the top of a mountain overlooking the lake, it really is just think extreme home makeover, you know, in Big Bear. It's beautiful. But all of us, even though that's what we're looking at, we all struggled with the fact, with how hard it was to get away. All the things had to be done. The babysitting that had to be done. The, um, well, this is Labor Day. Well, what if I sit with my family? I don't know, am I going to do this every Labor Day? Blah, blah, blah. You know, these kinds of things. I don't mean to say it in a, I didn't mean to say it in a yucky way, but we all struggled with these things. Like, well, I could be doing this and, um, you know, I don't know. I have a lot, you know, this is a lot of stuff that I have to take care of. And then school starts on the next day. And, that, you know, you can just get your mind going like that to where even this blessing that's coming in, it's, we don't think of it that way anymore. And then the next day as I'm studying this, I, I ran across the scripture and it's, it's Isaiah talking to, it's interesting. Go back and read this later, people, because he's talking to Ephraim and, uh, actually the leaders of this particular tribe had become really gluttons drunkards and they were getting they were partying all the time and they were sick and tired of hearing from Isaiah and they didn't want him talking anymore and the way they described him talking to them in in verse uh, 9 was um, in verse in chapter 28 verse 10 actually says for his do and do and do and do rule on rule and rule and rule little here little there that's how they were talking to Isaiah that's how they were saying he made them feel. And in verse 11, God says, very well then. With foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people, to whom he said, this is my resting place, let the weary rest. And this is the place of repose. 
but they would not listen. So then, the word of the Lord to them will become do and do and do and do and rule and rule and rule and rule, a little here, a little there, so that they will go and fall backward and be injured and snared and captured. And I just couldn't believe that God showed me this scripture and I realized this is what happens to us when we don't accept the rest of the Lord, the, the rest that he's trying to give us. Then the rest of the time we're like, oh my gosh, there's so much to do. There is so much to do. The Christian life is too busy. You've got church on Sunday, you got midweek, well, you know, now we only have once a month, but then I have my D group almost every Tuesday. And then we have, you know, our Bible talk on Fridays and we have this and we have this and we have that. And, blah, 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 blah. and our, our mind can be do, 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 do. You know, that's all we hear. That's what we hear. Someone is trying to give us this great blessing. God is trying to give us this great blessing of rest, but we would have none of it. We don't listen. And then we complain about how busy our lives are. And I just thought, whoa, and it says rule upon rule upon rule. And the things that are actually get to's become have to's. You know, we get to study the Bible with somebody and help them change their entire life. But all of a sudden it's like, oh, I have to get with so-and-so tonight. <laughs> and you know, you felt that. We all, feel, me included, we all feel that. And these get to's become have to's because we don't accept the rest that God has provided. How would it feel if we would just say yes to the Sabbath? How would it feel if we said, yes, I will set aside a day. I will say it, set aside the seventh day of the week to make you whole, to, and make it holy, to keep it holy. And then this leads me to this um, scripture in Isaiah 11, where God is talking specifically to us Christians, to us today. He was, this was the prophecy that was coming but to us, it's reality. It says in verse 10, it says, In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his, and his place of rest will be glorious. In that day, the Lord will reach out his hand a second time and reclaim the remnant that is left. So he's talking, speaking forward about us about how we get to live in the rest of the root of Jesse, Jesus Christ. When he came, that is where we find our rest. Think about what he said when he said, come to me all who are weary and troubled and I will give you rest, wearied and burdened. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke upon me, I mean, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart. That's Matthew 11:28 28 through 30. His yoke is easy. He's offering us, he's welcoming us into his rest. So when we look at this Christian life as a burden, when we look at it as a do and do and do and rule upon rule, there's something wrong with the way that we're looking at it. That's not Jesus Christ. Now, I'm always gonna be a person who is gonna encourage you that probably less is more, always. But I think it starts in the mind. I know for me, I can have a packed schedule and it can rejuvenate me because of the things that I'm doing, because I'm doing, the, I'm doing God's work. I have taken his yoke upon me. When I'm doing the Lord's work, somehow I'm rejuvenated. Now when it's all about me and probably, or if it's about stuff that I really shouldn't be spending my time doing because it's not the best, it might be good, but it's not the best, then that'll wear me out too. So it does have to do with our minds. 
And um, I wanted to I wanted to end with this scripture in Jeremiah. Okay, so now we are talking about um, the weeping prophet Jeremiah. I I just I have a um, a sort of conflicted relationship with Jeremiah because I just love reading it because it's God's heart and um, Jeremiah's weeping it's God weeping through Jeremiah over the sins of the people but then again I just hate reading it because it's so sad you know but um, and I feel sorry for Jeremiah because nobody was listening to him he had to come and speak to everybody and nobody was ever gonna listen to him he's and um, anyways uh, but anyway, in verse 19, uh, it says, This is what the Lord said to me. Go and stand at the gate of the people through which the kings of Judah go in and out. Stand also at the other gates of Jerusalem. Say to them, Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah, and all the people... Oh, I'm sorry. Hear the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah, and all people of Judah, and everyone living in Jerusalem who come through these gates. This is what the Lord says. Be careful not to carry a load on the Sabbath day or bring it through the gates of Jerusalem. Do not bring a load out of your houses or do any work on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy as I commanded your forefathers. Yet they did not listen or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and would not listen or respond to discipline. If you are careful to obey me, declares the Lord, and bring no load through the gates of this city on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy by not doing any work on it, then kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this city with their officials. They and their officials will come riding in chariots and on horses, accompanied by the men of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, and this city will be inhabited forever. People will come from the towns of Judah and the villages around Jerusalem, from the territory of Benjamin and the western foothills, from the hill country of the Negev, bringing burnt offerings and sacrifices, grain offerings, incense, and thank offerings to the house, into the house of the Lord. But if you do not obey me to keep my Sabbath, but to keep my Sabbath day holy by not carrying any load as you come through the gates of Jerusalem on Sabbath day, then I will kindle an unquenchable fire in the gates of Jerusalem that will consume her fortresses. And the reason that I I really loved this scripture is because of the imagery. Because I started thinking, you know, he's he's standing up above this gate and he's seeing all these people loading up their mules and loading up their backs and walking and coming in and he's like, whoa, 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 be careful not to carry that on the Sabbath day. Put your, you're not gonna do any work on the Sabbath day. And it reminded me of this idea, you know, you know, sometimes I'll have like my, I'll go to the grocery store and I'll put like every bag on my arms. I'm trying to carry in every bag, you know, some, you know, whenever you're carrying a bunch of stuff, someone's like, oh, can I help you with that? Let me help you with that. Sometimes I'll have like, for church, I'll have my, my violin and my big, my big, you know, music bag, and then I'll have my purse, and then maybe I'll have another bag, and I, you know, everybody's like, oh, can I help you? Can I, and oh, no, I got it. You know, <laughs> someone's trying to help you, like, oh, no, I'm okay, I got it. And I feel like that's God with us. He's like, look at, take those burdens, okay, can I help you? Can I get those burdens for you? Can, take those things off. Make sure you take, take, take that load off your shoulder. Let me take that load for you. And we're like, no, no, I got it. I got it. God, it's okay. I don't need a day. I don't need, you know, I don't need Sabbath day. And he's going, no, I actually, it, you know, we're saying, oh, we're all good. And he's going, actually, I don't think you are. Because <laughs> I've heard your prayers all week about how busy you are and how overwhelmed you are and how you can't, you just can't do anything. You know, you can't get anything done and, blah, 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 and how weary you are. And 
overwhelmed and tired, and yet I'm giving you this day of rest and you won't take it, I don't think you're all good. You think you're all good. you got these packs up on you. You just keep carrying them. But God is saying, let me take your load. Let me take your load for today. Be careful not to carry your load on the Sabbath day because I want to carry it. That's what God is saying. I'll take it. Jesus takes our load. Put your sacks down. Put your bags down. And I just started thinking about how it describes what will happen to us if we do this. If you are careful to obey, declares the Lord, and bring no load through the gates on, of this city on the Sabbath, but keep the Sabbath day holy by not doing any work on it, then kings who sit on David's throne will come through the gates of this city with their officials. I mean, they're talking about this is going to be great. The city will be, you know, um, will stand firm. The king will be in place. It says they and their officials will come riding on chariots and on horses accompanied by the men of Judah who are living in Jerusalem. The people will, um, will be inhabited and the city will be inhabited forever. People will come from the towns of Judah and the villages around Jerusalem, from the territory of Benjamin and the western foothills, from the hills country of Negev, bringing burnt offerings, sacrifices, grain offerings, incense, and thank offerings into the house of the Lord. And I just have this image of all of us deciding we're going to put our loads down. We're not going to do work on the Sabbath. We're going to set it aside. We're going to set it apart. We're going to keep the Sabbath and make it holy. <clears throat> and we're going to worship God and we're going to sing to him and we're going to bring our thank offerings and we're going to enjoy our time with our family and we're going to worship God and him alone and put our burdens down for the day and watch the blessings come into our community. So I, you know, I don't know, um, I know that sometimes when you can hear um, a lesson like this, you can hear it with, it's another thing that I have to do, another thing to add in. And I hope that I have clear, made it clear that it's not. That God is looking at this as things to remove rather than things, another thing for you to do. And we can get very caught up on, but I don't know how to do it, I don't know how to do it perfectly. But it, that's not important. What's important first is the heart, the heart to do it, the heart to trust what God is saying, the belief that if I do this, that God will be pleased with it. And actually, he's been waiting to bless me through it. The belief that maybe this is what God had in mind for restoring your soul. Maybe this is the pattern that he has designed since he did it from creation. Maybe this is the way that the human body is designed to run. And maybe this is the way that our spirits are designed to be restored. So I'm, I'm really praying for everybody who sees this video, honestly, to give it a real uh, a thought, um, to pray about it, to submit yourself to it, and to give it a try. I'm going to make some more. Um, there's going to be some more videos coming about more of the how-tos, but I think it starts with the why the why you want to do it and um, I my my desire is that even if it's something that seems impossible to you that you'll just have this much faith to start putting something into practice okay until next time